0: Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. On the show today, we have a very special guest. Danielle Gagnon is a search engine optimization specialist, also known as SEO, and lover of all things content creation. After years of working as a journalist and then a marketing manager, Danielle started her own business in 2018. Today, she helps female entrepreneurs grow their business organically and massively through SEO and content marketing. She is the creator of the Content Cash Machine Bootcamp, a five-day mini course, That teaches small business owners just like you highly actionable SEO basics and the host of the Content Cash Machine podcast. Danielle is also the mom of three young kids, is married to her high school sweetheart, and is passionate about reading, watching trashy reality TV, and TikTok cleaning hacks. Those are like three completely different things, Danielle. (laughs) Welcome to the (laughs) podcast. I'm so (laughs) excited to have you. How are you today? Thank
1: you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I love podcasting. I love SEO. So this is like the perfect combination of things.
0: (laughs) Yes, I don't love SEO, but I love that you love SEO and you can educate me and my audience (laughs) all about SEO. Specifically today, we're going to be talking about keyword research. But before we get into today's topic, there's so much that I want to know So you started off as a journalist, became a marketing manager. Now you're doing SEO and content marketing. Tell us a little bit more about that journey. It feels as though they're like three different worlds (laughs) (laughs) that you've traveled through. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So
1: they, they are different and they seem, I think they seem more different than they actually are because there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels, right? So for me, I guess, the reason I went into journalism was because I loved writing and I wanted sort of like a concrete career path. I didn't want to just like be a writer. I was very, I still am very much a person who like likes to know what's happening. So I wanted that concrete career path. And I loved a lot of things about journalism, but I also kind of knew fairly quickly that it wasn't going to be the right long-term path for me. And so I was like, okay, how else can I use these really strong writing and communication skills that I have? And so getting into marketing and communication seemed like a a good fit. And so while working as a marketing manager, I was enjoying the work, but I still... I still wasn't feeling like completely fulfilled. I realized now that I was just like, I really needed to be an entrepreneur. I needed to be self-employed. But at the time I thought like, oh, I just need a hobby. I just need to like find something else to do. Um, And so I started a blog. This was back in like 2013 or 2014. So almost 10 years ago now. And that blog is where I first learned about search engine optimization I, I like to joke that chicken tikka masala taught me everything I know about SEO um, because I, I had a food blog and I just accidentally ranked this one blog post episode that was a chicken tikka masala recipe. Um, and like seeing what happened when I just completely by accident ranked that post made me realize like I need to learn a lot more about how I did this. So that I can do it again and again and again. And that's really what set me on this path. So I started using SEO in my marketing jobs. Um, and I just realized like this is the piece of marketing and, and content that I love the most. And so after my oldest child was born in 2017 and I realized, you know, I don't like being away from him all the time, mm. I decided to try to start doing freelance work, start my business, and led me to where I am today.
0: I take it back. They're not completely different worlds. (laughs) I can see how one... (laughs) Makes sense when you... Yeah, yeah. when I've got the full picture, the full story, it makes total sense. Um, That's really interesting. And so I don't know how people write food blogs. I would spend my entire time just hungry. (laughs) Like, even like watching food shows. I'm just like, I can't (laughs) watch this. I just want to go into the TV screen and grab it. (laughs) And I share your passion for reality TV. Like, I'm a huge Real Housewives Mm -hmm. nerd. Well, anything, most most things, mainly American. Us British, we don't do decent reality (laughs) TV. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast. Don't shoot me anyone. But yeah, I like a lot of American TV shows and reality TV. So we've got that in (laughs) in common. And I'm really interested (laughs) by the, the cleaning hacks. What would you say, not I'm a huge cleaner, but I love a hack. So what would you say is the one cleaning hack that stood out for you? Totally off topic, guys, but roll with it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so... I have grown to love cleaning. I was never a neat person. And I think once I had kids, I think cleaning became like a Mm -hmm. way of like feeling in control of my surroundings, (laughs) because kids really make you feel out of control. Um, And so yeah, now I'm like obsessed with cleaning. I think one of my favorite things that I saw is using like a Swiffer mop. I don't know if that if Swiffer is a thing in the UK, but it's just like a, a mop that you can put like a uh, cleaning cloth over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, using similar. one of those to clean your walls and your baseboards and your trim. Yes. I had literally had never cleaned a wall or a baseboard or trim before. Um, <laughs> 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 but now it's so easy.
0: <laughs> I'm laughing because I remember seeing it. I'm not on TikTok, but it was on Instagram. This young girl, yeah. and I was just, and I've never watched a real quite as many times in one t- I was just so fascinated. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you with that one. I was like, I mean, I still haven't done it because I, I don't love cleaning, but it's on the list. You know, that moment yeah. when I want to clean, I will pull out that mop
1: yes. and do that
0: someday. Cleaning
1: is <laughs> Cleaning has become like my self-care time, which sounds kind of boring, but like take my husband own- will literally take the kids He'll take the kids out of the house. I'll put
0: on podcasts and I'll clean. Oh. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, I like hoovering. I like putting the clothes yes. in the washing machine. I don't like taking them out. The I like mopping. Is the worst part. I've got a steam mop, <laughs> so that makes it easy. But dusting and all that, and I've got a dog who's not meant to shed, but they lied. Like I'm always finding fur balls <laughs> behind the sofa. So yeah. But no, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. So there you have it. We've got SEO and cleaning hacks. Can't say we don't deliver, guys. Can't say we don't deliver. Okay, let's hop into today's topic. I'm really excited to have Danielle here to speak to us because I want you to know that podcast SEO is a thing. And so if you have a podcast right now, or you're planning a podcast, and you're not going to be using show notes on a website website, please stick around because this episode is still for you. You can do searches in the podcast apps. I do that quite a lot. did it earlier. My podcast came up. And so I just want you to hang around because I think a lot of people are going to think, oh, SEO, I'm not putting show notes on my website. This doesn't apply to me, but it a hundred percent does. I don't know if Danielle, if you've got anything you might want to add to that before we hop in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll just reiterate what you were saying, even if you never plan to create like blog style show notes from your podcast episodes, putting search engine optimization strategies at like the foundation of your podcasting is still really beneficial, there are still so many different pieces of a podcast of a podcast episode that you can optimize um to help you get found more even if the only place you're getting found is within you know apple podcasts or within spotify people use those as search engines they are search engines they're they remind me of pinterest like i think of pinterest as a visual search engine a a podcast platform is a like audio search engine right um you're either searching for a show by name or you're searching for a topic. Yeah. And either way, you want to make sure that your show is showing up to those people who are looking for what you're offering.
0: A hundred percent. And I think something that a lot of people don't know is that Google Podcast is now able, I don't know how, but this is how crazy technology is. Google Podcast is able to search your audio. And so mm-hmm. hopefully the others will follow suit. Maybe, maybe not. But number one, make sure your podcast is on Google Podcasts. But <laughs> secondly, if like Danielle said, if someone puts your search term in Google, there is a podcast section on page one and your podcast could come up. So please tune in, grab a notebook, take some notes, because we are about to dig in. I think the first place to start is to get a better understanding about how does Google even work? I know it from a I need this information. <laughs> tell me the information, but I'm sure it might be better, more explained than that. What would you say, Tanya?
1: Yeah. So uh, Google has said over the years that they have like more than 200 ranking factors, meaning things that they consider when they're deciding what's going to show up when
0: oh my someone goodness.
1: does a search, right? <laughs> they don't tell us what all of them are. Thank goodness. It would be too much information. Um, And they change all the time and they change over the years. These days, I think Google has primarily prioritized quality content. And Mm I shouldn't say, I think Google has said they primarily (laughs) prioritize quality content. So yes, the keywords that you use matter. You want to be using the same words and phrases, the same language as your audience, as your target audience, right? You want to be talking about things in the same way that they're talking about things, the same way that they're searching for things. But beyond that, you want your content to be the best content on that topic in order to rank well in search. And that sounds really overwhelming. Like, how can I possibly make sure that mine is the best content? Um, But it's it's not really as hard as it sounds. It's about creating long form content, which is why podcasts are so great. Um, that is really, truly helpful, valuable, that answers common questions that people have about a subject that goes in, in depth on a specific subject in a specific topic. So we're not talking, you know, you used to be able to like write, you know, 500 word blog post, like fluff piece. And if you use the right keywords, you could still show up in, in Google. And then that's really not the case anymore. You really need to be creating that in depth, truly helpful, valuable content that shows your expertise and your own personal experience with the subject. That is what's going to give you the most success.
0: Amazing. Not amazing is the 200 different ranking factors. I mean, so how many are you? Yeah, I mean, when you said it, I was like, I'll never (laughs) be able to do keyword research ever in life. But how many are you aware of as the expert?
1: (laughs) so i mean the biggest things that i pay attention to when i'm creating content for my clients is keywords is the foundation of everything right we want to make sure that we are talking about things in a similar way as to what our audience would be searching for um that's the biggest thing i'm paying attention to how i'm actually crafting the content which differs a little bit depending on if you're writing blog or you're Creating a podcast, but making sure that you're using those keywords in your titles, in your descriptions for podcasts. That you're actually using those words when you're speaking. Um, that if you are writing show notes, that you're using those same phrases within the show notes. Um, that you know when you are, if you're, if you're going to be posting your podcast to YouTube, that you're making sure your title and description there and your tags in YouTube have those same keywords as well. Basically, just. Optimizing every piece that you can, um, and then beyond that, also you know thinking about how how we're promoting the podcast episodes, how we are repurposing podcast episodes to create additional content, whether that's blog posts, whether that's reels, TikToks, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, and just really like letting keyword research, letting the search engine optimization strategies be the foundation of all of those things. And when you do that, you're you're gonna just naturally and fairly easily, um, or at least more easily, have success getting found in search when you put SEO at that foundation.
0: Okay, so that's that's a good start. So SEO is the foundation. And so let's get into it then. Let's take a deep breath. Cute <laughs> <Keyword laughs> research. <be> okay. <laughs> I think we know what it means, but in SEO terms, what does it mean and how do we do it?
1: Yeah. So keyword research, and I said this to you before we started recording, but it's often the piece of SEO that people find the most overwhelming and the most confusing. Yes. It's also the piece that I think is the most fun. Um, And I think that it can... (laughs) anyone no I promise I promise it's super fun um I used to as a kid I always wanted to be like a detective so now I joke that I am a detective I'm just like a word detective uh, uh okay. much lower stakes involved but um <laughs> so it's okay. keyword research is basically just figuring out what people are searching for online mm. like it's that simple and and the reason it's so important is because we need to as content creators not just be. Oh, let me back up. A lot of times, what people do when they're creating content is they come up with an idea, they create their content, and then they're like, "Oh shoot, I'm supposed to have keywords." And so they go into you know whatever keyword research tool they use, yeah. and they do some research, and then they shove some keywords in. Yeah. The way I teach this, and um, the way your other guest had mentioned doing it as well, is putting keyword research at the beginning of your process so that you're figuring out, you know, you obviously know you want to be talking about podcasting or you want to be talking about, you know, DIY projects are in your house or recipes, whatever it might be. You, you know, your overarching topics, but then using keyword research to figure out what questions are people asking about this topic? What are some of the like niche topics within this bigger topic that people seem to be searching for a lot? Um, what strategies are they searching for? What tips are they searching for, etc. And then once you see that through keyword research, and I'll talk about how we actually do that in a second. But once you see that, that's where you're going to figure out what to even create your content about. And when you do it that way, you're able to one, make your content creation process easier because you're not having to come up with all the ideas. Mm -hmm. You're letting, you know, the people do it for you. Um, And two, you're going to create content that your audience actually wants and you're going to be able to feel super confident that your audience wants it because you're going to see that they are actively searching for this information online. And so it just ends up being this like easier, more strategic, more effective way of creating content. Yeah. In terms of how to do it, because I know that's the part that (laughs) is always challenging. I have sort of three primary ways that I recommend for people. And these are great for people who are just getting started. There's a bajillion ways that you can do keyword research and a ton of different tools. But for people who are at the beginning stages of keyword research, I recommend... Um, number one, just using Google predictive search. So we've probably all done a Google search before. And we've seen that when you start typing, Google is essentially trying to like complete your sentence. And they give you a drop down of things that they think you're searching for. So if I started typing in search engine optimization, Google would give me like search engine optimization tips, search engine optimization strategies, etc. So playing around with this predictive search bar is a super simple way to get started. The reason things are showing up in that dropdown is because lots of people have searched for them before. That's why Google is suggesting them to you. And so while you're not going to get any actual data from this exercise, it's a really good place to start if you're feeling like, I have no idea even where to begin. So take your like core topic that you know you want to be talking about, type it into Google's predictive search bar, and just start playing around. There's an exercise you can do called, my friend calls it keyword research alphabet soup. And I love that. So for me, maybe my core topic is like SEO. So I'll type SEO into the search bar, hit space, and then go like, I'm going to start typing a new word, but I'll just press A. And Google's going to give me like SEO assessment, mm. SEO audit, SEO analytics. Now oh, do I B, yeah. SEO books, <laughs> SEO, you know, whatever, business. Um, and you can go through the whole alphabet. And at the end of this process, it'll take you like 10 minutes. At the end of this process, you can have this big, long list of ideas of what people are searching for that relates to your business or your podcast or Mm -hmm. your blog or whatever other kind of content you're creating. So that's like step one, totally free. Anybody with Google can do that. Mm. Um, Beyond that... I like to use Google again um, to do an actual Google search. So let's say at this point, I've done that predictive search uh, exercise. And now I know like I want to talk about um, SEO for small business, let's say. So I'll do an actual Google search for SEO for small business um, or I should use SEO for podcast for this example, SEO for podcasts, um, And then I'll scroll down to the people also ask section of search results. Mm. Every once in a while, you'll do a Google search that won't have a people-also-ask section, but it's super rare these days. But people-also-ask is literally just a list of questions mm. that Google is showing you. Like People ask these questions, and then Google is giving you an answer right there in search results. Every time you hit one of the dropdowns of a question to see an answer, more questions pop up. So again, in a span of like literally 10 seconds, you can get this big, long list of questions that relate to your topic, that whatever you search for, that you can feel really confident. These are things people are searching for online. These are questions people are asking. And questions are such awesome topic ideas. They can even be used to like write interview questions if you have a guest on and you're, especially if it's a guest where you're not super, um, Informed or super well versed in what the guest is going to be talking about. I, and I've absolutely had that before where guests come on and I'm like, I know nothing about the stuff you're going to talk about. And I'll use those questions to help me come up with interview questions of things to even ask them on my show. Um, so there's so many different ways you can use those questions. But again, like we've now, we've spent like 15 minutes maybe, and we've got this big long list of keywords of things we know people are searching for. Okay. The final step would be a little bit more in depth. Um, If you want actual data, if you want to see how many people are actually searching for these things, that's when you'd bring in a keyword research tool. So the two that I primarily recommend are Ubersuggest and KeySearch. I just find them both to be very beginner friendly. Um, They're both affordable. um, And I just really really like you see both of them. They're the primary tools I use in my business. So in this case, you would pop in a keyword, it's going to tell you how many people search for this every month, how competitive is this keyword, meaning how many other people are trying to rank for the same yeah. keyword. And then it's also going to give you other ideas, other related keywords and with data for all of them. So that's where you can really like dive in and see which of these keywords is going to be most beneficial for me to focus on because it has, you know, a lot of people searching for it, but it's not overly competitive. Um, but yeah, so those are the three primary ways. And it's like, I think hopefully it's, it's really not that complicated. I mean, you could, you could spend a super long time doing keyword research and like diving down the wormhole for sure. Um, but it doesn't have to be overly complicated.
0: Okay. Thank you. That's really helpful. I suppose one thing that jumped out at me was, Mm -hmm. there we go, I've done it wrong (laughs) from the start. And so let me explain. So you use SEO for podcasting as an example. And in preparation for our interview today, Mm -hmm. I also did that, but I put podcast SEO, which did not glean much information but I didn't know about the people also ask. I didn't know about mm-hmm. the predictive text. and so I can definitely go down those rabbit holes but is there a way I mean does it matter SEO for podcasting podcast SEO is there a certain I don't know should the keyword you're looking for come first like is there a formula is there a method to the madness <laughs> like
1: yeah, no that's a great question. So the answer is an annoying one which is like yes and no. Mm, um that's fine. <laughs> so g- Google and most search-based platforms are smart enough to know that someone searching for podcast SEO is looking for the same thing as someone searching for SEO for podcasting, right? Like they know that the end goal the end like information that they're looking for is the same. There are some benefits to having what would be called like an exact match keyword phrase. So if someone types in SEO for podcasting and your keyword that you're using that's like right in your title is SEO for podcasting, that can help you Mm. show up to them, you know, a little bit better than someone who's using podcast SEO. But the most important thing is that you are creating this quality in depth content around that subject. So if you're using the exact match keyword phrase, but your actual content sucks, it's it's not going to just like magically get you mm-hmm. to the top of search results. So there is there are some benefits to having those exact match keyword phrases, but it's not like the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, honestly, like it gets easier and easier over time. I think as you do more keyword research mm-hmm. to see like, how people tend to search mm-hmm. and the, the types of phrases they tend to type in. And if you're at that phase where you're like, I don't even know like where to begin. I don't know how people would even start to talk about this or search for this. One of the things that I like to do is I like to find similar creators to me or people who create similar content mm-hmm. to me, but maybe have bigger audiences Um, And I like to just look at their social media. I I pay attention to how they're talking about the subjects, but I really like to pay attention to how their audience is talking about it. So I'll read comments on their posts. I'll read questions that their audience is asking them. Um, And by doing that, you can see how like, I don't know what to call them lay people, like people who aren't like the subject matter experts, right? The people who are like the people that you want to be reaching. Um, You can see what kinds of phrases they're using Mm. when they're talking about this. You can see what kinds of questions they have. And so that can be really good insight as well.
0: Okay, that's really helpful because, and you talked about podcast episode titles earlier. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of, I'm always switching up my podcast episode titles because some people will say to use the keyword. Some people would use the actual question that the person would ask, does it matter? So, like, I don't know what the question would be in relation to what we're talking about. That's another thing that gets me stuck. Like, what is my ideal listener client? What would their question be in relation to today's topic? But going back to the yeah. episode titles, is it does it matter? Do you stick to the keyword or key phrase? Or do you also think about the exact question? That your ideal yeah. success client would ask.
1: That's a great question, and honestly, I think you could do it either way. Okay. I think you would you could have success with both options. Um, there is definitely a benefit to putting like your primary keyword phrase in your title and your description for sure. But lots of people do search via question, right? Especially in Google, that is a very common way that people search. I think I was just looking at this the other day and I think it's like 15% of all Google searches are done in the form of a question. Wow. Um, And that is growing as we all have devices like Alexa's and Google Homes and whatever else, we tend to talk to those devices as if they are humans. And so we ask them a lot of questions. Um, so there is a benefit to using that question based format. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like including those questions in your just podcast episode description at the very least, I think is a great way to do it. That's something that I often do. Um, And so like in an episode like this, it might be something like how to get more traffic to your podcast or how to get more organic traffic to your podcast, you know, how to show up, how to get your podcast to rank in search, like something Mm. like that. Um, I think you could absolutely, absolutely using that question and then, you know, deciding whether you want to have your, your actual like episode title uh, be based around that question or not. I I kind of do that for my podcast. All of my episodes are how to
0: something.
1: Yeah. Like they all start yeah. with how to, because that is a super common way that people search. And so I kind of combine both where like, if my topic is like, I don't know, uh, create better reels, then it's how to create how to better create reels, right? Yeah. So I'm like incorporating that. Yeah.
0: Okay, perfect. That's food for thought. Thank you. You're welcome. And thinking about what you just said, so how to create better reels. I always thought that the keyword or key phrase should be as close to the beginning as possible. Is that, whereas in your example, it's at the end. So does that not really matter? So it,
1: it does not it doesn't. So because the phrases that I'm using in my titles are like how to phrases, Mm. that's like actually how people would search. Right. So that's like a long tail keyword phrase. But if you're, if you're, um, main keyword was podcast SEO, let's say Mm. it is best practice to include that phrase as close to the beginning of your title as possible. Um, Again, it's one of those things that is, is, you know, best practice, but also not like the end all be all. And I I always like to put that caveat because yes, I want people to follow SEO best practices. But I, I think a lot of times, especially beginners in SEO, Get really caught up in like following all the like nitpicky rules that then we f- they forget about the fact that like the most important thing is creating this in-depth quality content that mm-hmm. serves what your audience is searching for. So these rules are helpful and important, but don't don't stress so much about like following all of them like perfectly that you get distracted yeah. <laughs> from like, the most mm-hmm. important piece. Um, so like, let's say if you were going to use podcast SEO for this episode title, then it could be like 15, I don't know, some number. We're not doing 15, <laughs> five podcast SEO tips, you know, to grow your show or something like that. Um, so putting like a number in front of it, putting a small phrase in front of it, like that's totally fine.
0: Interesting. i might, yeah, cause I was going to use, funny enough, keyword research <laughs> as the keyword as the key phrase yeah does that still well work? that works too because we're yeah. talking all about that yeah I yeah. try to get as specific as possible to um attract yeah. the person and who you wants could to even listen. do
1: like keyword research for podcasts or something like that to yes, make it like that much more, more specific. yeah
0: okay that's really really helpful thank you
1: um you're welcome this will be so meta for people when they're listening and they're <laughs> They've already found the episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, right? (laughs) And you touched on, well, it wasn't really a mistake. It was a bit of a distraction. But is there anything that you see comes up for people who are just starting out that you would like to touch on? Just to kind of give people a bit of an awareness.
1: Yeah, I think the most common... um, mistake, we'll we'll say mistake, most common mistake I see people make, especially when it comes to keyword research and choosing the keywords that they're going to use within their content, is that people tend to focus only on those keywords that get tons and tons of searches every month. So this is if you're using a keyword research tool, and you're getting that data, People tend to only search on those phrases that get you know, 500, 1,000, 10,000 searches a month. And, and it makes sense why people do that because we all want more traffic. We want to reach as many people as possible. The, the reason I say that that is a mistake or can be a mistake is that a lot of times those keywords are also the most competitive. And so they're the hardest to rank for And so while there will be times when it makes sense to go after those high volume competitive keywords, if you're just starting out, whether like your show is brand new, or you're just starting out with SEO, um, you're gonna have a hard time ranking for those keywords. It's just a fact. And so I recommend going after more specific niche keywords that may on paper look like, what's the point? Like this only gets, you know, 40 searches a month or something. Um, But if you have a better chance of showing up on page one, you're actually going to get more traffic with a lower volume keyword being on page one than you are being on page even two, honestly, Mm -hmm. for a high volume keyword. The vast majority of Google users do not go past page one. People are much more likely to type in a new search query if they don't find what they're looking for on Mm -hmm. page one than they are to even go to page two. There's like a joke in SEO world that the best place to hide a dead body is on page two of Google because no one will ever yeah, find good. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a true crime podcast lover, I am all for that. But, <laughs> um, but it's it's honestly true. And so, especially when you're starting out, especially if you um, are if you don't have a ton of organic traffic to your show yet, I definitely recommend going after those more specific um keywords that maybe like I said on paper look like they have lower volume but are also going to be easier to rank for. So that's why I said like keyword research for podcasts. Like yeah. that's an example of a phrase. It's much more specific than just keyword research where there's so so much content out there about keyword research. There's less content out there uh, about keyword research for podcasts specifically.
0: Yeah. Okay. That was really good. Something that came up for me was I suppose it will depend on when you're you're doing the keyword research. So is it, I'm trying to remember from your course, is it sort of low volume, medium and high? Do you kind of want to look at low and medium and ignore the high volume or does it depend per search?
1: It depends. Um, for the most part, I look at low to medium. And mm. I'm absolutely looking for low to medium competitiveness keywords that have as much search volume as possible, right? Like I want to find keywords that have a good that have high search volume, I just also need to balance that out with their level of competitiveness. So sometimes you will find what I call a magic unicorn keyword that gets, you know, a 1000 searches a month, and it's really not that competitive, and if it's you know relevant to what you're talking about, awesome, go for it. That's like a magic keyword. But sometimes you know you do have to go after those lower volume ones. So as you start to get more organic traffic, as your show grows, as you get more successful uh, with SEO, that's when you can start going after those higher volume keywords. I mean, I have clients now where I know they get tons of organic traffic. They have lots of PH one ranking pieces of content so I know we can go after those high volume keywords and have success the more the more traffic you get the easier it becomes to get more because Google starts to view your content as more authoritative Um, and so you have an easier time ranking higher
0: okay so might be an obvious question how do you know when you've ranked is this something that I'm supposed to be checking or do I get an email saying you've ranked (laughs) Like, how does that work? I mean, the email would be great. I doubt that happens. But how does that work? It
1: would be great. (laughs) So there's different ways of doing it. And it's a little bit more challenging for a podcast than like a blog. Mm. Um, But if you have a website for your podcast or a blog for your podcast, absolutely, you'll want to get that set up with Google Analytics and Google Search Console. They're both totally free tools uh, that just show you how people are getting to your, how people are getting to your site. Um, and even like Google Search Console will even show you the keyword phrases that you're ranking for, how high you're ranking, etc. And, you know, looking within your actual like podcast platforming um, analytics yeah. as well is helpful. It doesn't necessarily give you the same level of data as like Google Analytics and Google Search Console does, but it can at least help you start to see like, how are people getting to your show? Um, you can also... You know, if you ever if you have like an email list um, for your show, which I know some people do, occasionally polling your listeners like, how did you find us? Like yeah. asking, you can ask them other questions like, what are some topics that would be helpful to yeah. hear on the show? Um, but asking how did they find you and just seeing like how many people mm-hmm. found you via Google um, that's all helpful. And then you can absolutely um, you know just like Google yourself sometimes <laughs> and check and see. <laughs> How are
0: things going? Where are you showing up? So <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. I've never Googled myself. <laughs> I might give that a go. No, thank you. That was a bit of a random kind of thought. And I know that this is focused on the podcast itself, but for those of us who I have my blog style show notes, I'm a bit behind, but you know, I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of piece that in. And another slightly off topic question was around. Do you have any thoughts on, or do you what do you practice in terms of your podcast episode title and your blog episode title? Are they usually the same, or do you mix it up? Yeah, or? so
1: for for me, they're usually the same. Okay, um, it would vary. The time when it could vary is like let's say on your podcast, you have like a specific episode naming convention that you've done for a long time. And it's not necessarily the most SEO friendly. And maybe you don't want to like veer off that for the sake of podcasting. Yeah, In that case, for your blog post topic or blog post title, I would absolutely make sure that, you know, it was following SEO best practice, that your keyword is as close to the beginning as okay. possible um, and and all of that. But most of the time, like for me personally, they're just the same.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause I had someone, but it was the podcast episode title. It was the blog title and then it was the email title and I was like (laughs) "They're three completely different things (laughs) Mm -hmm. so just because the email
1: titles are definitely definitely different different,
0: um I was trying to make her this is a former client trying to make her podcast episode SEO friendly and so without my guidance advice or strategy (laughs) she used the same title as her email for her email and then was kind of like this is the lowest click rate I've had ever. And I was like, well, I've never told you. to use surprising. It. <laughs> so don't put that on me. And so, yeah, I just thought I'd, <laughs> as I have you here, I thought I'd put that question out there. So thank you so much for accommodating me. Yeah. <laughs> as, we, as we wrap up this episode, is there anything that you think our listeners need to know that we haven't covered? Or do you think we've kind of done a quite in-depth... I
1: think we've covered it pretty well. I yeah. think just a reminder that doing your keyword research before you ever record is so helpful. You can see the questions people are asking that can help you guide exactly what you're going to talk about mm. in your podcast episode. It can guide the questions you ask your guest. It can guide like you can use people also ask questions to create an outline for your episode. It makes that content creation process easier. Um, and it's going to help you just create much more helpful, valuable content that your audience truly needs and wants. So highly recommend it.
0: <laughs> Perfect. No, I've message received loud and clear. Do you have any thoughts about <laughs> AI? Just because you just said about, you know, it can really help you outline your episodes. Do yeah. you have any thought? AI is all the rage <laughs> at the moment.
1: Any thoughts? <laughs> I do have thoughts. Um, I actually, I think there's, I think there's so many good ways that people can use it. Mm. I would be hesitant to use AI to like completely write a blog post from start to finish, especially if your goal is ranking in search because, you know, Google has said that they are, you know, they have ways of knowing whether this is like yeah. AI written or human written.
0: Someone told me but, that and I was like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like what? And I think that's like harsh. They're talking a big game because chat P- GPT is like associated with being and it's like, thing anyways um i think though that there are some really good ways you can do it outlining content mm-hmm. is the way that i've been using chat gpt specifically i've been playing around with it and it's been super helpful in helping to outline things mm-hmm. um i will i've done prompts like write some common questions that people ask about xyz topic sort of another way of figuring out those questions um that's been really helpful um i the other day tested out having chat gpt write interview questions about a certain topic and i didn't love all of them but some of them were really helpful and it like got me started and it made that process faster for me so i think there's absolutely ways that you can use ai to like speed up your processes to get the ideas flowing Mm. um and to just like make all of that easier
0: yeah so make it easier Bring new ideas to life, but not do the whole thing (laughs) for you. Not do the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pushing it a little too far. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Before we wrap up, I know that you have this amazing offer that I take or plan to take full advantage of. If listeners, you're like me, and the thought of doing your keyword research makes you want to hold your head, which is what I do regularly. Danielle has an amazing offer that will save the day. Tell us a little bit more, Danielle.
1: Yes. So I have uh, essentially like a master keyword list product <laughs> that I will create for you. Um, I love to do this. It's one of my favorite things is to sort of do that beginning piece for you, mm-hmm. right? So we chat, we figure out what your show is all about, what your content's all about. I do the heavy lifting of doing the keyword research for you, helping you see like, what are the topic ideas within these keywords and give you this master keyword list. It's usually like at least 500 keywords, um, all organized by topic. Uh, So if you like, love the idea of having this information, but don't love the idea of doing the (laughs) research, (laughs) um, then this is for you. So it's, $500 flat fee. Um, It's like something that I am obsessed with doing. So it's a great thing to outsource if you are not obsessed with doing
0: it. I am not obsessed. (laughs) I just outsourced my Pinterest keyword research. Yes. I I bought a Pinterest course and I got to that module and I stayed on that module and I stayed (laughs) on that module and then Christmas (laughs) came and I happened to see her stories and I was like, I don't care how much it is. I'm in. (laughs) Because it will be 2026 <laughs> before I get on Pinterest yeah. because I just can't get past this keyword research module. So yep. thank you so much <laughs> for sharing those details. I would love it if you can let our listeners know where they can find you and learn more about your services.
1: Yeah. So the best place to find me is either my website, which is danielgagman-seo.com Um, or on Instagram, Danielle Gagnon uh, underscore SEO. I almost forgot what it was. Um, (laughs) Those are the two places I am most active um, and where you can see more about my services.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. Listeners, I hope you've taken away as much as I have. We now have the recipe for creating podcast episodes that will truly connect with your ideal listeners slash ideal clients. So there's no excuse, even for myself, that's me trying to keep myself accountable. You have the recipe. So please do reach out to Danielle if you have any questions, if you want to inquire about her services, because this is something that she loves to do and is clearly very knowledgeable about this topic. So thank you so much, Danielle. And we will speak again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.